Hello, my beautiful selfish babes. In today's Selfish Talk podcast, I'm interviewing Sage the Flame, and it is called In Coochie We Trust, Everything Only Fans and Sex Work with Sage the Flame. I truly enjoyed this podcast episode ever since um, 2020 when COVID hit. Um, I know that I saw, we all saw a huge uptake in OnlyFans and so many more people going to OnlyFans to put their content on, especially when it came to sexual content. And so I've always been curious about, well, how do you do it? You know, how do you make OnlyFans a full-time thing or a part-time thing? And the questions that go behind it, you know, that we're all curious about. And so I was really grateful that Sage the Flame sat down with us and was just open and honest and authentic and you know just shared her perspective and her personal experience and so as you guys are listening to this episode make sure to screenshot it make sure to share it in your stories and tag at selfish babe at sage the flame at olenike osibawale and at selfish talk podcast and let us know what are your thoughts what are your questions i know you guys are gonna love this Thank you for listening and always supporting. Love you guys. Let's get into it. Hey, love. Welcome to the Selfish Bay Podcast, a.k.a. Selfish Talk, hosted by me, Olenike O.C. Selfish Babe is a personal development and women's lifestyle brand dedicated to women learning how to selfishly and authentically love themselves. On this podcast, expect to have your mind expanded, curse words said, and to gain a new perspective about who the fuck you are. Let's get into it. The Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast is sponsored by my company, Goddess Detox. Goddess Detox is a holistic wellness company dedicated to providing women with self-love-inspired products to physically, spiritually, and emotionally detox. If you are a woman wanting to detox her ex, detox negative emotions, as well as to get more in tune with yourself and your vagina, check out our Goddess Vaginal Detox Pearls, as well as our Queen's Theme and Queen's Throne Combo, which is the in-home vaginal steam set for your convenience. You can find out more information on our products at goddessdetox.org, as well as follow at goddessdetox on Instagram. Tell them Olenike OC sent you. beautiful selfish babes welcome back to another selfish babe selfish talk podcast i'm so excited about this episode okay today we have sage the flame can you say hello my love hello hello <laughs> talking to us about everything only fans um sex work and you know how she got into the industry because i know i've been curious and i know my selfish babes are curious and you know just your journey because i also know that um you also had a business a t-shirt company and so mm-hmm. i want to kind of take us through the journey from there and I know that a lot of my selfish babes who are on my text list definitely sent me questions. And so don't worry, selfish babe. I'm definitely going to shout you out. I'm definitely going to say your question. Thank you guys for sending it, sending it, sending it. And so um, just to start off stage, I wanted to just know a little bit about you and a little bit about your background. So just kind of mind taking us through a little bit about your history. Um. Well, I will say that um, I was raised. Um, I was raised in a, a black suburban neighborhood, um, and I definitely went through um, a internalized anti-blackness phase as a child. Okay. Um, and then, um, as uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement started taking um, taking off. Um, I uh, really dived into to that um, environment of, um, you know, unpacking all that internalized anti-Blackness and embracing my Blackness and um, understanding more about uh, social justice um, and activism and, and, you know, what everything means and how everything impacts me and how everything impacts, you know, my community, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and um, then I did, I started my t-shirt business um and it initially started because i wanted to become a yoga instructor and i didn't have any money you know my parents didn't have any money to right you can't get like scholarships for like yoga you, know, <laughs> yeah. you can't do that so, so um i actually started the the my company started as a um 
as a way for me to to raise money for me to go to you know to become a yoga instructor um and then the business just grew extremely fast um and it was a lot to manage um and it was really stressful it got to a point where it was it was really stressful um and so i had plans on kind of close i had plans on closing the business um and and you know kind of moving forward um with my desire to get into something more holistic you know uh centered around um uh personal wellness body well you know wellness of the body etc cetera, etc cetera. um and then covid happened and so right i just had no you know i had no option <laughs> coronavirus yeah. said it's it's time you know i have a few questions as you speak because yeah. i've been actually interviewing a lot of people where they've like started something new right when covid hit and mm-hmm. you know we're in, we're going to go into 2022 but i feel like covid's still really recent and it's just like the amount of people that have started something new right when covid hit and the growth and the success that has come from it has been really amazing to me mm-hmm. but first just for our listeners and our viewers uh what is your cultural background um i am half dominican and half nigerian oh nice yeah very nice <laughs> do you speak yoruba <laughs> Um, I don't. The only language I'm fluent in is English, unfortunately. Um, but I'm currently um, learning. I'm definitely more. I've definitely been more, way more exposed to my Dominican culture growing up. Um, um, so yeah. So I'm in the process of learning uh, Spanish because my father speaks. You know, my father's an English speaker. And my my mother's a fluent um, uh, Spanish and English teacher. So or speaker. My bad. So I didn't grow up in the house speaking Spanish. So now I'm. You know, I'm I'm on Duolingo every day. You know, trying to <laughs> learn Spanish. Girl, I'm trying to learn French. Okay, I took it. I took French in uh, high school and all of college, and I still don't know it. And I'm like, my girlfriend to go to France over the summer. And I'm like, bitch, I got to learn how to speak French. Like, now I'm, like, motivated. Exactly, exactly. I need to get on Duolingo, okay? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so thank you for the cultural background. Now, I wanted to know, you had mentioned something um, that I think was really important. And you said that you Mm -hmm. felt like you had anti-Blackness in you, even though you have Black in you. Mm -hmm. So explain that. Like, how did you, like, why did you feel that way? And, like, you know, how... Why did you feel that way? And how did you know that you actually felt that way? You know, yeah. we feel like we could feel a way, but we don't really know that we feel that way. Yeah. So for context, I was born in 1999. So and I feel like the um, pro-Black movement as we know it today started around 2014, 2015. Um, so growing up, I just um, I was, you know, the majority of the thing of the representation I, that I saw in the media was predominantly it was predominantly white you know yeah. everybody on TV was white all my favorite musicians were white mm-hmm. um, pretty much everyone that you know I looked up to was white uh, you know mm-hmm. just looking at TV radio etc um, so right so I wanted to be like you know my favorite musicians and my favorite actresses and you know everybody that I saw in the magazine and they were all white Um, and so I didn't really understand that that was a neg, you know, that, that, that was like kind of detrimental to my self image until like, I was maybe like 10 or so. And I had started going to this predominantly white private school and, you know, just really getting into white culture. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. So in Maryland, lacrosse is a big thing. Like, you know, there's just like, like there's like a staple Maryland white person. And like, I was really like interested in in fitting in basically. That's what I was attempting to fit in. So um, I I remember one time I I used to, I still really love the band Paramore. And I remember one time. (laughs) I was definitely going to ask you who were some of your favorite artists growing up. And I am a Paramore fan. But I'm an early Paramore fan. I'm not into me too. Stuff. I'm into the early stuff. And when Willow Same. came out with, I think one of her songs, and she, yeah. she had a Paramore likeness to her sound. Yeah. And she mentioned that Paramore is one of her favorite bands. And I was like, oh my god, thank you for bringing them back some way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I remember um, this was back when like music choice was like a big thing, and you could like stream your favorite music videos like on demand, like on Comcast or whatever. So <laughs> I remember like there was this one Sunday where I was just like listening to rock music all day and like watching all these music videos, and my father was like, you know, like do you listen to music by black people? Like you know, like do you have any interest in in the art that black people create? 
and I didn't really think of much of it, but like he was really trying to like show me that, you know, I was really, ha- I had really, I had all this interest in like things that white people did and like really no interest towards black people and their art and their creations. Um, and so, you know, as, um, as the pro-black movement started to come about in 2014 and like, you know, like things like, um, I remember on Tumblr when I used to be on Tumblr, um, uh, the blackout was a thing where like they would, there would be a day where black people would post selfies and like, it would be like this whole self-love thing. And that really was a catalyst in, um, you know, helping me unpack all of the, uh, the ways in which I had, um, put whiteness on a pedestal and preferred whiteness you know and preferred right I mean growing up like people especially when I went to that predominantly white private school you know people would question my curly hair and people would quite you know people would say oh your hair looks better straight and like you know all these microaggressions yeah um so yeah so those those were all the things that kind of um uh you know breeded this this internalized anti-blackness and then yeah so I feel like social media helped me unpack those things yeah I love that um for me growing up I grew up in a um predominantly black neighborhood went to a black middle school elementary school and high school mm-hmm. but the black people around me that I saw uh, really weren't doing that well and mm-hmm. I I did ingest a lot of white culture on tv like I I love yeah. I loved NSYNC I love Backstreet Boys and I liked a little bit of Evanescence. I loved um, Linkin Park, Paramore, like, you know, all of that. I yeah. Feel like high school is when I started to listen to like the hip hop and stuff like that. Yeah. And me, I had decided that after high school, I wanted to go to college. And I knew for a fact that I did not want to go to an HBCU. And I knew that for a fact. I said I wanted to go to a predominantly white institution because I felt like I wanted to just see stuff different. And mm. I got into uh, Florida State University and that's where I went. Um, but even when I got into that uh, university, I was I, I like began to learn about FSU through a program called the CARE program, where they really bring um, students of multicultural ethnicities to come into the predominantly white institution. And from mm-hmm. being at FSU, a predominantly white institution, I learned to really appreciate my blackness. Like I knew yeah. I could appreciate my blackness in high school and middle school. But when I got into college, like I really appreciated my blackness because even at times, like I was taking psychology and um, I would always learn about um, what the minorities weren't doing or what they what they weren't measuring up to. And like black people yeah. fall under the category of a quote unquote minority. You know, even that word itself is very, I got right. into that, but it's just like, um, I was like, well, why? Why are we the yeah. lowest things? And they didn't really have like a multicultural psychology, but when I told myself mm-hmm. I wanted to go to grad school, I was looking at multicultural psychology programs because I'm like, there must be something different. And I had right. stumbled upon a black psychology program at FAMU, which was also in Tallahassee. And I went to FAMU yeah. um, for grad school. And that is a predominantly black institution. And through mm-hmm. black psychology and just like the historical context of black people in America, yeah. I began to learn as to why I wasn't valuing blackness in general. Like I didn't right. Right, until I was at a all in a all white environment, and I'm like, wow, why are we like the lowest on everything? And then it wasn't yeah. until I got to an HBCU that they were able to describe kind of what you talked about, seeing like media and seeing white people on a pedestal and seeing like that's the standard beauty because even right, the beauty standard. I was I wanted a nose job when I was in middle school, and I was like, I wow. want smaller but that's because every woman that I saw on the magazines that I was reading you know they were black women they were white women they were thin they had straight hair and they had thin noses and I I had a problem with my nose growing up have moved past I don't have an issue with it anymore but it's like the stuff that we take in on a subconscious level uh, we may not be able to um notice and I just want to make sure I note to all of my selfish babes that listen I love all my selfish babes from all the cultures okay but you guys know I'm a black woman so I'm gonna be talking mm-hmm. from a black woman standpoint but and so I'm just um really appreciative for Sage for just kind of sh- uh, sharing her own standpoint on having anti-black anti-blackness growing up and I feel like you know that could be kind of scary to admit being a black person because <laughs> it's like wait what <laughs> I mean but I feel like that's such a con- like I, I feel like there's there's no way that I'm alone in that experience yeah. like you know that it's such a common experience and even like like you mentioned like go, you know going to a predominantly black school like I had that experience going to a predominantly black middle school and even then and this was after I went to a predominantly white school going to that predominantly black school I noticed that people put my 
light-skinnedness on a pedestal and I thought that that was weird you know what I'm saying so like all of these things led me to realize that this this in like internalized I have internalized blackness and I need to unpack it so I have luckily successfully unpacked it but yeah I don't think that I'm alone in that experience at all no I agree I said what honesty can do for you boy because that's honest (laughs) um and then you had mentioned uh, your business. So I'm guessing you're 22 right now. Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when did you actually start the, the t-shirt company that you had started? I was oh. 17. So you were really young. Wow. Because yeah, I remember I, mean, I, I remember it growing up and I have my mm-hmm. own business as well called Goddess Detox. And I just kind of remember seeing um, your company around. And so I'm like, oh, I didn't know like how young you were when you started. And so I like something that you said because... I feel like a lot of times, even being as an entrepreneur, uh, we kind of like hold on to the thing that makes us quote unquote successful or that brings our money. Yeah. Like we like hold on to it. Like it's like, but but you like let it go. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? The truth though about like how sometimes with that such an explosiveness of success, the stress mm-hmm. that comes along with it. And the things mm-hmm. that you may have to grow and expand to if you want to continue it. But then also being an entrepreneur and being mentally well and well in your life. Because I think a lot of people really, um, they show success in a way of like all the good parts, which is like the money and like the cars and the house and all that stuff. And that's beautiful. But then sometimes they don't talk about like the stuff that comes along with it, like mental health, mental wellness. How are you stepping away from your business? The, the amount of business busyness that you have and how that can be yeah. because even for me I told myself like for me for my success I see I still very much see wealth in my as a part of my life but not but not success in a way that makes me that extremely busy person that you, that if you're having a conversation with me I'm always on my phone or I just don't have right. time people in my life like I don't like that type of success I, I think it's very toxic I think it's very unhealthy and I think mm-hmm. that um, we can get very mentally unwell and so for you you had stepped away and I, tell us about that and like how was that for you to step away from that um well right like you just mentioned like that that toxicity um you know just being such a busy person I definitely fell victim to that and I didn't even you know this was right I was 17 when I started the company I didn't really know what I was getting myself into and I will say that I'm extremely thankful for that entire experience because it has taught me a lot and it has taught me a lot you know just um managing any type of uh, business or any type any type of entrepreneurial journey moving forward um so I'm extremely thankful for that that experience but um you know I like I like I said like I started the company because I wanted to be a yoga teacher and the company exploded so quickly um and I really did do my best to maintain it I really did but it just got to a point where I, you know, I just decided I'm not going to kill myself and, you know, destroy all my personal relationships and destroy my personal wellness um, to maintain this because it's just not beneficial. And also, I felt like I felt like my company had ran its course, like Mm -hmm. because, you know, my T-shirt brand was um, social justice messages, you know, boldly imprinted on the on the chest or, or on the shirt or whatever. And um, I started in, 20, in 2016 um, and I felt like it had made its impact where, you know, my, you know, the whole the whole point of the brand was basically to get out a message and start conversations. And by 2019 and by 2020, I felt like that, you know, conversations were already going, you know, like <laughs> now it's the next step. Like, what are we what are we yeah. now the conversations going? What, what are the actions that we're going to take? And I felt like, you know, selling these T-shirts like it had had its it had had its um, purpose in social justice. And now it's time to, to do something different. Now it's time to move towards actionable items and stuff like that. And I just didn't think the world needed, you know, social justice t-shirts anymore. Now we need an action, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So all of those things together, I think it was, it was um, pretty, it made sense to me that it was time to move on. Okay. And did you end up selling or did you end up just closing out? Yeah. So I just ended up closing out. Um, the timing was pretty, was pretty cool. like, you know, everything kind of lined up. Like my lease was expiring at the time for my, cause I, right. I had a whole warehouse. I was managing a team. Like it was a lot. Like, you know, man, like we just got our warehouse um, a few months back. I have a team now, but to make even that leap, I didn't want to do that. I didn't feel like I right. wanted to. I did it and I feel good about it now, but 
the amount of pressure and stuff that I'm like, oh, wow, now you're like responsible for people's salaries. It is a lot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, our lease was expiring at the time. Um, and yeah, every, every, yeah. So we just kind of closed out. Okay. And then now COVID hit and how did you get into OnlyFans? <laughs> So honestly, I had been dabbling in sex work literally since I turned 18. Um, I had always had, since a very young age, I had always had a fascination with um, sex, sexual energy, um, you know, the reasons why people are so weird about sex and why, you know, in the West, we're so like, we like to tiptoe around sex and sex is so much in the shadows. Like all of this really fascinated me. Um, from a very young age and um, so as soon as I turned 18 I started dabbling in selling nudes um, I think my first yeah Snapchat was my first um, was my first uh, you know thing that I did um, and then I want to say in 2018 I consulted with a sex worker in Miami who was successful on OnlyFans and still is successful on OnlyFans and she was like yeah girl like Snapchat is cute and everything but you need to like get with OnlyFans it will help you organize and streamline what you're what you're trying to do which is you know selling uh, nude content online um, so I took her advice um event you know and eventually started my only fans in 2019 um but then i started to take it more seriously in january of 2020 um and you know it's just been kind of it's it's just been on the up and up ever since yeah i think i just remember your post on social media and i don't think i was following you at the time and it was just like a video and i think it was like a girl on girl video and it was like a really well done high quality it was a high yes quality, thank well you and I think that's like, you know, I'm like, oh, like that's, I don't know if that helped. I'm pretty sure that helped in terms of the marketing of getting people on your OnlyFans, but that's definitely what I did. <laughs> yeah. So, but first, before we get into that, I have a question because I think I remember you talking about a past sexual assault. Is this true? Yes. And that I don't know if like OnlyFans helped to heal this for you or what, but do you mind taking us through that? I just remember you mentioning it and I kind of wanted you to kind of talk about that and like maybe how like OnlyFans or sex work helps you like heal or something like that through it yeah so um I experienced uh, sexual assault twice unfortunately um one was before I even started OnlyFans um and it was kind of like a situation of sexual coercion um and the latter was when uh um I experienced it was a photographer um and I would like to I would like to out him. So his 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 Instagram or his Twitter handle was real baddies. I know it got deleted, yeah. um, but I did make a post about it maybe like around March or April. Um, and right, like I mentioned in the post, he's largely irrelevant. Like it's not like he's like a big time like photographer or anything. And he's based in Atlanta. Um, but he does, you know, his his efforts to work with new people are he he makes efforts because he has no one to work with. But um to answer your question, um, I think that especially when I first started OnlyFans, I mean it still is very much so a safe space for me to explore my sexuality. Um, and to, you know, express my sexuality. Um, and so I don't think that I have ever viewed what I do as a way to heal from those things, yeah. but I do think that, um, it is, it is a helpful safe space just in general, just like, you know, just expressing my sexuality in general. Like, right. For example, I did my first, um, MMF threesome, uh, you know, and as a shoot for, for the people that don't know the lingo what is yeah. that i just want to make sure we clear <laughs> so it stands for male male female okay um so yeah so um i did my first male male female threesome um as a scene for only fans and that was so much fun like literally <laughs> that was like i had a blast like i i put the whole thing i didn't I didn't put the whole thing together like it was a you know it was a, a collaborative effort but like you know I was able to decide who was going to film it who's going to be a part of it and it was just so much fun and I'm so glad that I had that you know space to do that um so yeah I don't think it's inherently like a healing thing yeah. for that reason sorry for that reason but it does help it, it does help provide a space for me to explore my sexuality that I really enjoy I like that and like for you okay so how well, for some people, everybody's experience is different. I've heard that for some people that have 
um, experience a sexual assault that it's hard for them to even want to do sex again. And so for you, how was your experience in continuing to do sex? Um, that is a good question. Um, I will say that I, you know, everyone's experience is different and everyone's response to their trauma is different. Um, I will say like literally after the most recent um, situation with my sexual assault happened, um, I like maybe a few days later, I hit up somebody that I reached out to somebody that I was um, that I that I have sex with off camera. Yeah a personal relationship of mine um and i you like i approached the sex that we had and that we continue to have as um oh a space and a way for me to cultivate the sexual experience i want and i desire so you know i didn't like that thing happened to me and then my approach to sex is this is my time to cultivate sex exactly how I want it to happen. Um, you know, so, and this is my space and my time to have really great sex. Um, and I'm going to use this opportunity as a way to make sure that I continue to associate sex with a positive, you know, uh, view. So, um, so yeah, so I, I, I'm definitely like how I've continued is I'm more mindful of using sex as an opportunity to have very positive and healing experiences. I like that. I was like, I know you may not define it as healing, but the way that you associate it even after the fact, I think it could be a very healing method because just thinking about, well, I want to still have good experiences with sex and I want them to be experiences that I enjoy. And so it's like, I have this person that you, I I assume that you feel safe with having sex. So it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, let me continue to cultivate these good experiences. So I think, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, now just give us a little rundown about OnlyFans, how it grew what you do, how it works, and I have my questions to answer along the way. <laughs> um, so, like you mentioned, that girl on girl video, um, I released that in May of 2020. It's funny because, <laughs> so right now I live in Atlanta, and uh, oh, before nice. I moved, to- yeah. <laughs> before I moved to Atlanta, I lived in uh, in Broward, like around Miami for five years yeah. in Florida. Um, and when the pandemic hit. Um, so right, so I started taking my OnlyFans more seriously in in January of 2020, and I was able up until the pandemic, um, you know, for the so for the like the first three months of, of of 2020, I was able to you know make the content. At the time, I lived with my mother, and I was able to make the content I needed to make in 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 the house because she was going to work. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I was able to you know do my content, whatever pandemic hits um and that video the girl on girl video that i made i literally had to sneak out because right she was concerned at this time at the beginning of the pandemic everybody thought that that they were gonna die if they stepped outside yeah so so my mother of course you know being older than me she was concerned so i literally had to sneak out of the house i think my lie was that i was going to the beach or something i was going to like a park day or something so i snuck out of the house to make this you know to shoot this content yeah and it was a success and it was great. Um, and so that was really something that kind of like really started my um, real positive trajectory on OnlyFans. So it's really a matter of, um, you know, deciding what your what your niche is and what you're bringing to the, the community, you know, to, to sex work in general. Because as we've seen, as the pandemic has gone underway, the sex work, there has been a spike in online sex work. So, you know, you have to really figure out what are you bringing to the table? What in my instance, what I feel like I'm bringing to the table is um, intimate content, um, sensual content, just content that is not staged. Like I'm just I'm not trying to do the mainstream porn thing. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not with the steps sibling narratives like we're not doing that. You know what I'm saying? So my whole thing is like capturing intimate content and capturing intimate content between people of color, because even I have seen an uptick in like well-produced, erotic, sensual, intimate content on mainstream platforms, but everybody is white. Everybody is still white. You know what I'm saying? And we, as people of color and as black people specifically, I have yet to see like, like really fantastic, you know, the options are slim, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm trying to bring to the table. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, you just have to find a niche and you have to be consistent. Consistency is key. Um, and that's how, you know, I feel like I've been able to kind of, you know, have this positive trajectory on OnlyFans and, um, yeah, website is coming, um, January. So stay tuned for that because OnlyFans, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. So website. Okay. I like that. That's a smart idea. So did you always, when you first started your OnlyFans, did it start off as like just photos, self-masturbation, and then sex with other people? Or it always already started off with sex with other people? So it started off as um, solo masturbation simply because I was struggling to find people to work with because right, I had just started in Miami. I mean, the East Coast is amateur hour when it comes to the porn industry. Miami is the best that the porn industry has on the East Coast. But even then, Miami is still pretty amateur. So um, I was, yeah, so I was putting out solo content um, just to get to the point where I could. And and that girl, girl video that you were talking about with like the pink background and everything. That was the first, that was the first, um, yeah, that was the first video I did where somebody showed their face. Because actually, now that I think about it, um, prior to that, I had been, you know, like, you know, like you have sex with guys and they're like, let me record. So, you know, I'll, I would put with their permission, like I would post you know, c- content that I did. But that wasn't like, you know, really intimate. Like, you know, you don't we don't see kissing in that in those videos. But with that girl girl video that I finally posted, it was a lot of kissing. You know, it was a lot of foreplay, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was all solo up until I finally put out that video. OK, I want to say that I want to say that to my selfish babes. For me, what I think I really love about OnlyFans, and I think Sage is really uh, giving a really good perspective, is the intimacy and the, Mm -hmm. like... The connection that you can have. Yeah, it's just not... It don't feel fake. Whether or not people are lovers, right? It doesn't feel (laughs) fake. And it doesn't feel, like, over the top. And it doesn't feel like everybody's body is done. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing for people that got their bodies done. I'm just saying, like... Sometimes we want to see something different. Sometimes we want to see something a little bit more natural, um, a little bit of what we can actually expect in our in our bedroom. <laughs> and so I think OnlyFans really brings that intimacy. And so for me, I think when it like got popular, I'm just like, oh, for me, in terms of going and being a person that views OnlyFans, I'm just like, oh, this this is different. I like this. This is nice. Yeah, so, it's refreshing. It is very. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it is very. <laughs> refreshing. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Oh it's my god! Your voice, your voice is so I, nice, <laughs> girl. I think about this like every morning when I wake up. It's just like I would love to. I would love to start a podcast. It's just that I would like to also make sure that I have the time and resources to consistently maintain a podcast. Yeah. Um, but I really think because I plan on getting um, my certification as a sexologist, so I think maybe then I'll. I don't know. I would love to get a podcast, but I really cannot even tell you when it will happen. But okay. you know, fingers crossed. She's a really nice voice. I think podcast would be really good for her. Thank you. <laughs> that came to my mind. Okay, so now I'm gonna look at some of these questions that my selfish babes just ask. And so let's see. Let's see what they said. I sent this. Okay. Got that. Hmm. Oh, I have a question. This is my personal question. Do you so, know what you do? Yes. So um, my mom has known, because, um, right, mind you, right before the pandemic, like, I started, so, right, like I said, I used to live in Miami with my mom, um, and I was a stripper for three weeks. And the reason why I was cut short is because the pandemic started. So, you know, my parents knew that I was stripping. And then, um, let me see, my mom found out first, I want to say she found out probably when I moved out. Um, is when she found out um, because right she was like how are you going to support yourself and I'm like girl I guess this is you know I guess this is a time where you have to find out (laughs) (laughs) she had no idea (laughs) (laughs) so I told her um, and um, you know she's she's like a devout Christian woman so like at first she was kind of judgy but now she's like you know God would want me to love you so I'm going to just unconditionally love you you know what I'm saying and my father, on the other hand, um, he just found out maybe like he just found out in September um, because I was featured on NPR and I was like, hey, dad, listen to this. So oh, wow. that's that what he found out. Him? That <laughs> yes. was the way. So did you listen to it in front of him or you had him listen to it separately and then come to you? 
Yeah, so it was a live uh, radio broadcast. So I told him to tune in at a certain time. And then actually, um, you know, it, it just so happened that that same day, like later that day, I was going to visit him in Chicago. Okay. Um, so I landed and then we had a conversation about it. And really, he just wanted it. It went surprisingly well, to be honest. He just wanted to know like what certain words mean. <laughs> Um, and like, you know, why I have chosen to do something that is so socially unacceptable. And I thought that that was a funny question because my father is like, my father has always been an entrepreneur and he's like the epitome of doing things without giving a shit about what anyone else thinks about it. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm your daughter, you know, just think about the fact that I've inherited half of your genes. Um, so <laughs> there's the answer to your question. <laughs> but yeah, the conversation went well. Um, my mother also listened to the NPR episode and she called me and she was like, you know, you're so smart. Like, you know, you're very well spoken. Like, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. And it was, And that was honestly really touching. That's really beautiful. I love that. And the reason I asked, okay, because like, yeah, we may be like grown adults, but it's like, you know, our parents knowing certain things about us could feel a little scary or telling them, especially like, I feel like sex work, you know? And so yeah. like, that's why I want to ask, well, do they know? And like, how is their reaction? Because I know that yeah. my self scripts did not ask, but I know that was my question. Like, well, let's say that anybody is just like, well, what do you tell your parents that you do? Do you lie? Even if you do lie, what do you tell them? And if you don't lie, like how did the conversation go? So I'm glad you're able to tell us that you actually told them after some time. And, yeah. both, and I think that's beautiful because you can yeah. continue to show up as yourself to them without hiding something. Yeah. Fine. All right. So this is some of the questions that some of our selfish babes have asked. Okay. So one person says her name is Rena. How can you get started if you're a shy person? Um, hopefully that wasn't too loud. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, that's a great question. Um, the beautiful thing about online sex work is that you don't have to be live if you don't want to be live. Like you can go live on OnlyFans, but you really don't have to be live. Um, so, you know, you really have to put yourself in the mindset of, okay, I'm going, you know, say for example, if you're making solo content, I'm going to put on this face and I'm going to put on, it's totally fine to have a facade. Like I, you know, there are many, there are many sex workers that have a persona and then have their real life. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's totally fine to have a persona. Like it is totally fine. What's Beyonce's alter ego, Sasha Fierce. It's totally fine to be Sasha Fierce. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, um, and then when it comes to working with other people, um, and honestly, right, like if being faceless helps you with your shyness, like that's totally fine. You can start out being faceless. My only thing with being faceless is that you really have to like work it. Like if you're going to be faceless, get a real cute face mask, make it a brand, you know, don't play with it because there are so many other faceless people out here doing it. It's so mediocre. Do not be mediocre. (laughs) (laughs) So Sage the Flame says, don't be mediocre. Don't be mediocre. And then when it comes to working with other people, um, you know, especially for women, it's kind of hard out here for a pimp. You know what I'm saying? Like men kind of suck. And even men that work in the industry, they suck. You know what I'm saying? So you have to like weed out the, you you know, you have to uh, vet your people. And, you know, I've gotten to a point where I will literally say, if if I'm going to work with you, I'm going to send you a Google form so you can fill out, you know, so we are both on the same page. What are your likes? What are your dislikes? What are your boundaries? Right. Can you if, if you can't show your face, we're not making content. If you have yeah. a partner and you can't and one of your boundaries is that you can't kiss other people, we're not making content. Yeah. No hard feelings. That's just what it is. So, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have to find a way to vet people so you know that you guys are compatible when it comes to working together. And then also, like, if you're shy and you know that you're shy around other people, advocate for sharing space before you have sex. Like, it's okay. totally cool to, like, be like, yo, like, do you want to come over and watch a movie the night before we shoot content or do you want to go out and get dinner you know what I'm saying just so you can establish that physical comfort um so just you know understand what your needs are and don't feel bad about advocating for them because at the end of the day who's going to beat your ass about it nobody yeah no I like that and you know when you describe that it really gives me boss bitch energy you know Mm -hmm. because it is a business too and so when you talked about that i'm just like okay no she's taking her shit seriously that's business questions asking somebody filling out a form why are they dyslexic non dyslexic so you know what to expect and what you guys can do together and so this goes into the next question as somebody says what is the secret to being able to do only fans full time and i feel like one of the secrets is boss bitch energy but let us know some other secrets because i know that, that there's some selfish babes that are probably thinking about starting i have started 
but it's like they're not seeing enough traction. So what would you what advice would you give to that? Um, my top two pieces of advice, um, and mind you, I'm not a solo creator. So if you're trying to go solo, I don't know. But um, my top two pieces of advice are collaborations are great. Collaborations are great for all parties involved. um, And it helps you merge audiences and grow your platform. Um, Also paid promotion on Twitter, for example, like there are, you know, pages that will retweet your your promo, you know, just paid promotion on 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 Twitter. Um, Where can you find can those pages? Because I okay, so I'm in an Instagram world, and I know of different pages on Instagram that will share your stuff, repost your stuff. You pay them, they post your shit. But I've yeah. never heard of Twitter pages that do that. How do you know that they actually want to run ads? So they there's like a whole genre of porn pages that well, okay, so there's porn pages on Twitter, okay. and then there's porn. Most of those porn pages will retweet your stuff if you pay them. Okay. Um, like there, there are like whole pages dedicated to like promotion for sex workers. Yeah. Um, the best ways to find them, cause right, you know, everything sex related on Twitter is shadow, you know, sex is shadow banned everywhere. So, um, the best way to find those pages, you could, you could ask sex workers, you could DM sex workers and be like, Hey, you know, what are your favorite promotional pages or, um, you know honestly i feel like that's probably the best way because the other ways are probably tedious like say for example if you like find a sex worker and then you go through their following list like that's probably too much um so yeah i would just i would just ask around and i want to say to myself if you are going to dm other sex workers for this just always say that hey what are your favorite pages i'm also willing to pay you for this information because paying for people's uh, information is very important and i just don't want people DMing people expecting free shit because it took people some time to probably find that information, get that information. So right. please take people at their time. And so make sure that you're offering some coins for the information. <laughs> and you can also you can also ask like uh, sex workers that have bigger pages. You can also ask them if you can pay them for promotion. They might say no. And then in that case, right, you could then pose a question. Well, you know, what pages do you suggest that I that I ask and stuff like that? But I've seen that as well, where some other people's on OnlyFans will promote another another user on OnlyFans. Someone mm-hmm. says, um, do you honestly orgasm? I guess when you're on camera. Um, I honestly do. I'm thinking of like a moment. There was okay, so recently when I went to Miami, there were I shot three scenes. Um, all of which I did not orgasm. So all of those three videos, unfortunately, will never see the light of day. <laughs> so well, so for yeah. you, like, you don't want to show them because you didn't orgasm? I don't want to show them. So the reason that I didn't orgasm was because the sex was whack and I don't want to show that. You know what okay. I'm saying? So <laughs> the sex was subpar. So yeah, so I, all the videos that I have published, I am orgasming in any video. You know, there's only been three out of like, 65 yeah. of the videos that I have that I haven't orgasmed and they will not be published. <laughs> Good to know. Abigail asks, do you manifest when you orgasm? Um, that is a great question. In my personal masturbation practice, I do. Like, I rarely watch porn when I masturbate because, so my balcony, like, I live in Atlanta. There's a lot of trees, you know, it's yeah. beautiful. So my balcony is literally trees. So what I'll do is I'll sit on my bed and literally I'll just look out the window and just think of things that I want to manifest and I'll just end up orgasming. So yes, and it's fantastic. I like to hear that. Yeah, because I talked to my selfish babes just about manifestation through orgasm. So that was a really good question. Selfish babe, Abigail. Let's see. Okay, so Teray asks, how did you gain the confidence? Do do she says do uh, does she take anything? Like, so you, you know, know some people beforehand. That's what she. Oh, that's true. Like, yeah, do you yeah. take anything to like get in your zone? Or but how did you how did you gain the confidence? And she says, do you take anything? And it's that emotion that has like the sweat coming out. Like she was nervous <laughs> to ask that question, just so you know. But she did ask. <laughs> so I'm gonna answer the do I take anything question first. Um, the answer is no. I honestly, if if I'm shooting with somebody and they ask me, like, if I, honestly, if I shoot with somebody and they ask me if I smoke or drink, that's fine, I guess. But if they, I have had people ask me if I, like, do pills and that can, that's concerning because why are we, what is, yeah. what's going on? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? So, because I, just in general, when I approach sex, I like to be as present as possible 
during the sex that I have. So yeah, I don't, especially smoking, because smoking gives me dry mouth. Like I smoke weed in my day to day life, but yeah. weed gives me dry mouth. So that's not smart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if anything, you just, like sometimes what I like to do is like after I shoot with somebody, if the vibes are great, then you know we'll smoke a blunt afterwards, like a little yeah. celebratory blunt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, I don't really do anything except for drink a lot of water and maybe have some because like aphrodisiacs, like dark chocolate, uh, matcha lattes, like. Yeah great aphrodisiac so i might do that but like drugs no not before sex <laughs> maybe after you know what i'm saying but not before <laughs> um and not then before. the the first question was how did i gain the confidence to do this so yes so yeah so i've um always been pretty confident in my body and you know nudity and stuff like that that's never really like it been like an extremely like of course it took me some time to like really get comfortable um and I will say like when I first started doing sex work you know I was kind of I was I was pretty nervous about what other people would think I didn't really want to promote my stuff because I didn't want people to judge me you know what I'm saying um all that stuff so it definitely did take me time to be comfortable and like really be outwardly confident and just you know shamelessly promote myself and like you know just work with who I wanted to you know just do whatever the fuck I wanted to do yeah my motto to this day is nobody's about to beat my ass about it because that's really the gag if you i i'm gonna right i'm gonna promote my only fans who's going to beat my ass about it nobody yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's really a matter of either you're going to do what you want to do and live your best life and collect your coins or yeah. you're going to not do that and and live in fear and because you don't want to be judged and you don't want to experience shame from other people who aren't going to beat your ass like yeah. you know like it's, it's either or and I'm not about to just hide in my apartment and not do anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a, it definitely, you know, you just inch a little bit more and more. And, you know, you just push your, your comfort zone a, a little bit more and more over yeah. time. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, dramatic. But at the end of the day, nobody's about to beat your ass about it. Live your best life. That's true. I and like also, that. right, in living your best life, you will eventually cultivate the people in your life that support you. Because, right, if you... If you're, if you, I believe that I was born a hoe. I just, that's just my belief. I, there's no way around it. I was just born a hoe and I, you know, that's just how it is. So if I'm a hoe at heart and, you know, I'm going to live my truth and whoever is, whoever sticks around and supports me and loves me in my circle, that's who it's going to be. If you got a problem with that in my circle, then we're not meant to be in each other's life. You know what I'm saying? So does, if you, if you are true to yourself, your truest life and your most abundant life and your most aligned life will every, everything will just fall into place i love that um and even though and even when i'm thinking about like only fans like being a business and really putting yourself out there and being like well this is what i own this is my business you know mm-hmm. this is what i am this is a part of who i am and mm-hmm. so i feel like as you take it more seriously your confidence continues to grow because you're promoting yeah. yourself, putting yourself out there but i really love the advice that you shared with her that, that was really really beautiful Kanisha says, how do you protect yourself mentally, spiritually, and emotionally? That is a great question. That is actually a, that is something that I am continuing to practice every day. Um, I would say that one thing that I try, you know, one thing that um, is a pillar to my wellness, my emotional and and mental wellness, um, alongside therapy is a meditation practice. And meditation is free, you know what I'm saying? Because what meditation allows me to do, just like 10, 10 minutes every day, what meditation allows me to do is it allows me to tune into what I'm thinking. It's not even about stopping your thoughts. It's just yeah. about just like letting, like just tuning into what is, you know, how is your body feeling? What's going yeah. on in your mind? And in doing that, that allows you to really understand and tune into how are you feeling? And if you are living your life in a way that, is causing you mental anguish and you are able to tune into how you are feeling, then you will realize, you know, from that point, you will be like, oh, I need to address this. And oh, I need to do something about this. You know what I'm saying? So meditation allows me to tune into how I'm actually feeling. And from that point, I address my needs. So I would say my answer to that question is, is having, taking time to just slow down so you understand how life is making you feel, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Just checking in with yourself, having a journaling, what you know, whatever works for you, having a journaling practice, just checking in with yourself, just, you know, getting a, a state of the union with yourself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, just so you understand how everything is making you feel. 
um yeah and just uh, addressing it from there don't run away from your feelings working hard is not going to make your emotions better like you're not going to work your way That's into it. emotional wealth and okay, emotional wellness you know? okay Solange, Solange is not lying okay because the <laughs> media will tell you work your ass off okay work your ass off and what no right. let's not do that all right <laughs> question my personal question is okay so we know about sexual energy we know that you know sexual energy can be exchanged right so what do you do or do you do anything to kind of like maybe release other people's sexual energy that you've um interacted with in the past or you just want to like feel fresh or cleanse like what do you do personally to do that if you do anything like that yes so um two things that really helped me um yoni egg um rituals those really helped me and honestly i should i've kind of been slacking off on them i should do them a little bit more often but yoni egg rituals definitely helped me i use a um, black obsidian yoni yeah, egg and, and black obsidian yeah black obsidian is you know absorbs all the negative energy um and then something that i do um just about on a daily basis is bikram yoga so hot yoga so it's like yoga and like the room is like 105 degrees yeah. uh 40 humidity and and bikram yoga it literally feels like I took a shower inside and out. Like, it feels like my <laughs> life, like, it just feels like I'm born again every time I do Bikram Yoga. Like, it is challenging when you do it, but afterwards, you just feel like you would just, like, release everything. You know what I'm saying? So, wow. you know, just finding practices that work for you. Like, I think Yoni Egg practices are, are great. Um, and, you know, Bikram Yoga is great, but, like, whatever works for you, right? Like, you might, like, ritual bathing might be your thing. You know what I'm saying? going just going to the sauna might be your thing but yeah that's that's what i that's what i do to release any pent-up energy i like that a lot and if you ever want to check it out my company is called goddess detox we sell the goddess vaginal detox pros as well as this queen's complete vaginal steaming set and so with our goddess vaginal detox pros i'm always telling people you can set your intention on releasing ex-partners or ex-lovers through the um, detox pros or through the vaginal steam just shutting out my company um <laughs> Now, one person asks, how do you handle any perverts who try and test you when doing your line of work? So whether that's people that DM you, uh, whether that's in person, don't know. But how do you handle those type of people that kind of go overboard? Yeah. So I would say that, um, right, like people in the DM, like, right, (laughs) people will try you. And I feel like this probably happens to women that don't do sex work, too. Like men will men are special. You know, men will try you. Um, so you have to I'm very clear that my DMs are only for business um, and you know I have like my response is ready to go because some people write well some men will just try to slide in your DMs to just have a conversation with you or because they think that they are so fantastic and they think that you know they should take you out for dinner and you would love to go do that for free like no you know what I'm saying so I already have my responses ready to go like you know making sure that I keep people on track Yeah, you know and then so honestly, that's not even really the biggest like concern of mine because it might, I might you know waste five minutes a day on that like it's really no big deal. My biggest concern, and I feel like probably the biggest um, concern of of women in the sex industry is you know people that they might encounter in person, and for people who do porn like me, like videographers and photographers, and maybe even like other male talent. Like mm-hmm. I've I've heard stories of like men who are in the porn industry that will you know um try to have women meet up with them outside of work and Mm. like you know go on their own vacations and stuff with malintentions um so that's definitely i've never come across that personally but i've heard other stories and that's something to watch out for but yeah photographers and videographers like i have so many photographers in my dms trying to take pictures and i have no interest in that yeah. <laughs> like because that can really especially if they're trying to get you in there in a private space yeah. like if they're trying to shoot with you outdoors the the risks are lower yeah but if they are trying to shoot video or photos of you inside of their own home or a home that's when the risk can go up um so at this point my kind of my rule of thumb is i only shoot with with female photographers or if you are a man um, I need to, I need to hear, you know, who have you worked with? I need references. Like yeah. your portfolio needs to be fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, are we shooting outside? Like, I'd rather do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm also taking it upon myself to learn my own photography and videography skills. Like I'm planning on when I move to Las Vegas, I'm planning on going to film school because I am so tired of seeing people 
with these bright ass lights and <laughs> trust me, I've made the same mistakes these bright ass lights and these crazy ass shadows you know what I'm saying so I'm going to you know take it upon myself to learn my own camera skills but yeah it's, it's in-person interactions like that that I'm most weary of and I have definitely at this point taken precautions to make sure that situations like that you know I'm not in danger you know what I'm saying you know what I really like about you Sage I feel like you're a person that will live so many lifetimes in one life <laughs> Like for real, because you've been Thank you so much. I, went to Las, I think you said Las Vegas and yeah. film school. I was just like, girl, I love to do that <laughs> because because I feel like you know, like you still show passion and in different in different interests, and you do, yeah. and it's like it's not a box. Like I don't feel like you box mm-hmm. yourself in, even to give to even like stop your your really successful business and then go into something else, and then like now talking about something else, <laughs> and even you talked about. Um, sexologist yeah becoming a sexologist yeah so all of that I'm just like wow like I just feel like you're a person that lives so many lifetimes in one life and I think that's beautiful because thank one you thing I love to um welcome one thing that I really talk about to my selfish babes and, and self-love is like really knowing who you are and I feel like you know every day we get the chance to learn more about who we are and we're not mm-hmm. just like who we are and who we say we are and that's it it's like no we have like moments to like unfold and unlearn more and more about who we are and it's not just this stagnant one thing or oh find your purpose and just do that one purpose it's like no there's just so much to a person and so I just feel like you like explore all of that and I I like yeah no I'm I'm wilding out I'm this life I'm (laughs) wilding the fuck out I'm doing whatever the fuck (laughs) needs to be done I like that and then my uh, last question that I have for you Sage is um do you have a partner, a romantic partner, and have you tried romantic partnerships while doing OnlyFans? And how has that worked out for you? Because some of my selfish babes are wondering, well, um, if with OnlyFans, do you have a sexual, uh, like a lover, like a, a significant other? And how are they taking it? And how does it work? Mm-hmm. So I honestly, this entire time that I've been taking OnlyFans pretty seriously, I have not really had my sights set on um having a uh, romantic partner up until recently um it's just it just hasn't been a priority of mine um just because right I had my you know just establishing myself as a person was more important to me um I do have many peers that have romantic relationships and usually they're with other porn performers um so but I feel like at this point right like I just started therapy um so my priority right now is is you know continuing to grow as a person through therapy and then um I would I'm honestly on the market for a girlfriend like I would like to have a girlfriend (laughs) that also is in the industry right like if I were to have a lover I would want them to also be a sex worker um so you know that's not like a like a main like if I if I you know if I see some like right like I recently just went to carnival like I I shot my shot like you know like I, (laughs) I I let it out you know what I'm saying and um uh and it was fun you know what I'm saying so like I'm definitely one for casual encounters and I love, I, I really enjoy casual encounters. Um, and I approach those casual encounters with a lot of respect and a lot of reverence um, because right, just cause I'm not trying to marry you doesn't mean we don't need to respect each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I've just been, you know, pretty casual here and there, but as I get into therapy, I would like to right be on the market for a girlfriend and secure me, uh, you know, a wife. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like, auto baddies in the industry. If you hear this, you know, hit me up. <laughs> yeah, she's not playing. She's being for real, y'all. Right, I'm being for real. We here, okay? Video on social media, and um, at that time, I had a boyfriend, and I had posted on social media, and I was basically requesting a partner, but a female partner, mm-hmm. and that's how I met my girlfriend. And so we're together. Cute. <laughs> so that's Love how. Love that. Being serious, y'all. So for real, hit her up. Yes, <laughs> yes. What happened? Um, but why why did you say that prefer, preferably somebody in the industry is it more so because they understand um I think it's because they understand and also like I mentioned before one of my big things about the content that I create is I really want to capture intimacy on camera and I think that that really best translates with somebody that you're extremely comfortable with and that you have a really close you know relationship or at least you know physical relationship with like um there was a moment where I was 
I w- it wasn't a throuple but like I was like kind of like in this like little throuple kind of yeah. and like it was like the because we you know saw each other on a consistent basis like the content was really intimate and it was really yeah. you know beautiful like intimate content so that's something that's important to me like whoever that I whoever I get into a relationship with I want us to be able to put our love making on camera because right that is the sex that I would like for people to see yeah. so yeah I like that and I know it's going to ask me a lot I have another question how mm-hmm. is there going um so I literally just my first session was yesterday yeah my first session was yesterday so I'm just getting back in the swing of thing just because like I am realizing like I need to like I I'm realizing like I just had this epiphany maybe a few days ago that taking care of my emotional and mental wellness is not something that is like it's not like a distraction from my career goals like it's not like something that I need to view as a chore that's going to like sidetrack me from being able to work towards my goals taking care of my mental and emotional wellness will allow me to better you know to to apply myself more to my career with more intention and more awareness and more you know like presence you know what I'm saying so um, it's all part of this positive trajectory um so yeah I'm I'm honestly extremely optimistic about it um and I'm really looking forward to it and like I said like you know I all right I'm on the market for a girlfriend and I realized that in that in doing that I need to step to these queens healed and I need to step to these queens put together you know what I'm saying I'm putting my best putting my best foot forward i ain't trying to be nobody's toxic girlfriend okay we're not doing no toxicity okay we are coming together in wholesome love and that's what i'm manifesting (laughs) (laughs) okay so sage thank you so much for being on the selfish babe selfish talk podcast is there any last thing you want to leave our selfish babes with um honestly this just came to me um i think my my uh my uh leaving message would probably be to you know if you're listening to this right now tune into your breath tune into your posture are you taking have you been deep breathing have you been drinking water you know what i'm saying just tune into yourself love yourself because i love you period i love it thank you boo